Shalom, brethren. I greet you in the name of Jesus. Welcome to our Bible study in Crisco City Church, Kirisuru. We are studying the book of John, the book of John, the gospel according to John. And we are on day four today. I am Miswazeji, and Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Before we go on, let us pray and ask God for his leading and guidance by his Holy Spirit. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life. And thank you for salvation, which is by your grace. I pray, O oh Lord, for those in attendance, each one of us, O oh God, for the spirit of concentration and understanding. May the Spirit of God help us to grasp what we must learn and help us, Lord, to live by your word. We shall be wise people answering everyone who may ask us a question why we believe in Jesus, God the Son, the word that became flesh and dwelt among us one through whom all things were made and there was nothing that was made that was not made through him we will be able to answer anyone who may ask a question because we have studied and we have learned give us the heart that learns and keeps what we learn we thank you we pray this believing in the name of jesus christ who is our lord and savior amen amen Amen. As I have said, this is our day four on the study of the gospel according to John. The gospel according to John. Last time we stopped at John the Baptist's witness at Jesus' baptism. When Jesus was baptized and the signs that followed, we were there last time we see how John stated that through his baptism, through baptizing people, he was able to reveal Christ to Israel. He foretold of the significance of the Spirit descending upon Jesus the way it happened at his time of baptism when he came out of the water and a voice came from heaven saying this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased John said that this was confirming what he had told the people that there is one who is coming who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and he said while well, he in his baptism baptizing people with water, he was baptizing them as they repented of their sins. They were confessing their sins, turning away from their sins, and he was baptizing them with water. But Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit. John made that confirmation. John was confirming that. We see this as Jesus was baptized. John chapter 1, verses 31 to 34. 
take down the notes, take down the scriptures, write them down in your notebook for later revision. You will need them in your small group as you study the Bible. Jesus was baptized not because he had sins that he was turning away from, like the people that John the Baptist baptized. Jesus had no sin. We read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, which states, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but was in all form, all ways, tempted as we are, yet without sin. The other version says, yet he did not sin. He had no sin to repent of. So John did not baptize Jesus because Jesus was confessing and repenting of his sins. We saw how John tried to tell Jesus that it is him to be baptized by Jesus. He tried to decline, but Jesus told him, do it so that we fulfill the scripture. And so he baptized Jesus. Jesus is God, God the Son. He had no sin in his life to confess or repent of. The meaning of baptism, let me say that quickly here, it is an outward acknowledgement of having been saved by Jesus. We get baptized when we have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, when we have repented of our sins, asked Jesus to come into our heart, our lives have been changed, then we get baptized in the water. It's an outward acknowledgement of having been saved by Jesus who died on the cross to pay the death penalty due for our sins. The death penalty that was due for our sins, Jesus died on the cross to pay it on our behalf. We read that in the two chapters of John, John chapter 18 and Job chapter 19. John 18 and John 19, we read more about that, what I've just explained about baptism by water. In John chapter 5, verses 37, sorry, John chapter 1, I beg your pardon, John chapter 1, verse 35, to 37. John chapter 1 verse 35 to 37 we see how John was standing with his disciples and looking at Jesus walking he said look the Lamb of God and the two disciples had him say that his disciples the disciples of John had him say that and the Bible says that they've followed Jesus. They followed Jesus. This is Andrew and Peter. Andrew and Peter followed Jesus when they heard John the Baptist say, look, the Lamb of God. John was standing with his disciples when he saw Jesus. And when he pointed out Jesus to his disciples, on hearing this, the disciples of John, that is Andrew and Peter, followed Jesus. Jesus asked them what they wanted. 
He said, what do you want? Or what do you seek? What are you looking for? They answered, say, Rabbi, meaning teacher, where do you live? Where do you stay? They wanted to follow Jesus to know where he stayed. We should follow him for the right reasons. We should follow Jesus for the right reasons. If we follow Jesus for our own purposes, we may be asking him to follow us in our way to satisfy our own desires instead of his cause. We need to examine ourselves. We need to examine our lives. We need to examine our reasons for following Jesus. Are we seeking his glory or our own? They sought to know Jesus, where he stayed. Their desire was to be with Jesus. And the Bible records that when Jesus invited them and they went together, they stayed for a while. They did not leave. The next minute, the next one hour, or even the next three hours, they were still with Jesus for the whole day. The Bible records that they were with Jesus from the sunset to the sun, no, sorry, from the rising of the sun to the sunset. Beg your pardon. They were with Jesus from the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun. That is to say, from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m., according to the timing of that time, that side, that part of the world. They stayed with Jesus the whole day. As Christians, how much do we stay with him? How much time do we spend with Jesus daily? One hour, two hours, three hours? The time of waiting upon the Lord in a solemn assembly or an overnight? How many hours do we stay with Jesus on individual basis, on our own? How many hours, how much time do we give Jesus? The time that Peter and Andrew, Andrew and Peter followed Jesus, that marked the beginning of the call of the disciples of Jesus, John 1, 35 to 45. It marked the time or the beginning of the call of disciples of Jesus. So we see that these were the first ones. John the Baptist joined in the same mind and same thought of discipling, bringing people to Jesus. And so he pointed Jesus out to his disciples. You see, John had his disciples, and when he saw Jesus, he pointed them to Jesus. He directed them to Jesus. He showed them Jesus whom to follow, and they followed Jesus. This is what it should be with us today. True disciples of Jesus direct everyone who tries to follow them to Jesus instead. We should point those who follow us to Jesus. Paul wrote and said, follow me as I follow Christ. We point people to Christ. We don't gather them around us and make them crowd around us and feel good, feel nice because we have a crowd around us. We point them to Jesus as under shepherds 
as disciples, like John the Baptist, we disciple them, send them, point them to Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. Looking at the next point, in John chapter 1, verses 40 and 42, we agreed last time that we read these scriptures uh, beforehand, before today, and so that we refer to the scriptures and move on. And I believe that the Lord helped you and you read. John chapter 1, verses 40 to 42, Andrew accepted the testimony of John the Baptist. And Jesus, when questioning them, they knew why they were following Jesus. And so Andrew told Peter about Jesus. As a believer in Christ, one who knows Jesus, how much do you tell others about him? In other words, witnessing for Jesus, telling others about Jesus whom we have found, whom we know, whom we love. Looking at Simon, Jesus saw more than who Simon was. He saw who Simon would become. And so he gave him, he gave Simon a new name, Cephas. This is in Aramaic, which in Greek means Peter. So he became Simon Peter, meaning rock. Huh. Peter did not, however, present the solid rock or rock solid throughout his Gospels, but he became a solid rock in the days of the early church after the day of Pentecost. As we see in Acts chapter 2, Peter became a solid rock. He wasn't that solid. He wasn't that solid all through the Gospels. But after the day of Pentecost, after the power of the Holy Spirit was poured out, Peter became the solid rock. Read more about him, about his profile in Matthew 27. You read later, just write it down, more of the profile of, my, of Peter in Matthew 27. One may ask, how did Jesus know this about Peter? Looking at Jesus and he said this, how did he know? He is the creator. All things were made by him, all creation by him. He knows his own. The creator knows all that is his own. He knows all things. That is how much he knows about you, and that is how much he knows about me. He knows each one of us by name. He knows each one of us by name. And so he saw Peter, and he knew what kind of stuff Peter was made of, what Peter would become, gave him a name, Rock. Then we see Philip. In John chapter 1, verses 43, 45, we see Philip and Nathanael following Jesus. Philip and Nathanael follow Jesus. The Bible says the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. 
Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the town of Andrew and Peter. Bethsaida was the town of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses wrote in the law, and also the prophets, Jesus the son of Joseph from Nazareth. See the introduction that Philip gave to Nathanael. This made Nathanael think a bit. And so we see how Nathanael wondered loud and said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Why? Because of his knowledge of Nazareth. Nathaniel was from Cana, Galilee, not far from Nazareth. And he knew what, um, what image Nazareth had. Nathaniel asked what good can come from Nazareth. This is because Nazareth was despised by the Jews because the Roman army, the army garrisons, was located there. The army garrison was located in Nazareth and there was poor reputation in morals and religion. And so he questioned whether anything good can come from Nazareth. It's like saying, wait a moment, wait a minute. You will meet the man we are talking about and you will get to know. Your answer will come. The questions in your mind will come. With Jesus' knowledge of him made him change. He believed, he began to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. We're reading the scripture, we're referring to the scripture verses we have read. When Jesus told him who he was, how Jesus saw him while he was still coming from under the tree, he perceived Jesus must not just be the son of Joseph, but more than that, he is the son of God. More than just the son of man, he is the son of God. Philip got to the realization and to believe that. We see here that the first thing Andrew and Philip did when they met Jesus was to tell those close to them, have we, do we tell them to witness for Jesus? And so um, that's a challenge for us, witness for Jesus. We are called to be disciples of Jesus, disciple making, that is, that is witnessing, telling them about Jesus, about the newfound faith that we have. And so Nathaniel had a view that got changed. He changed his view, he changed and believed that Jesus coming from Nazareth was not to be prejudiced the way his mind and his trend of thought 
was about Nazarenes or Nazareth. The impression that he had, which was not qualified, that was because of the prejudices against all people from Nazareth, the Nazarenes. Let's move on. You see, when Philip told him about Jesus coming from Nazareth, and he wondered what good can come from Nazareth, Philip told him, come and see. No argument, simple. Come and see. He knew that by coming to Jesus, Nathaniel's view of Nazareth through his ignorance will be cleared. When you know where the truth lies, when you know the right thing, the right way, you don't need to enter into some argument with those who are operating in ignorance. You just point them to the truth. And we know the truth is Jesus, he's the way, the truth and the life. So we don't get into arguing with people who don't understand, who have not believed. We just point them to Jesus. And when they meet with Jesus, the way Nathaniel did, the argument will not be there anymore. Their mind will be cleared. Most people who do not believe in Jesus will argue from empty, unqualified impressions but let's tell them, come and see, lead them, guide them to Jesus. They'll be sorted out. They'll believe who Jesus is. Consider this, that Jesus looking at Nathanael, he said, look, truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. John chapter 1 verse 47. The Israelite in whom there is no deceit. This set Nathaniel thinking, how did he know? And everybody else hearing, how did he know? Jesus commended what he saw in Nathaniel. He commended a number of people by what he saw in them, especially people of faith. Jesus did not commend people according to their wealth or looks, beauty. No. We see how Jesus commended the centurion. We read this in um, read this in the Bible. Let me get the scripture verse. Matthew, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 to 10. We read this in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 to 10. I'm just referring to this. Please write down, go read later. This is about the centurion. I just summarized, he came to Jesus because he had a servant who was tormented, came to Jesus seeking him to come and heal him, said, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, terribly tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion in turn answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak the word, and my servant will be healed. 
For I am also a man in authority, or rather, I'm a man under authority. I'm also a man under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And another, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, what this centurion said, he marveled, he marveled at this and said to those following, truly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. I said, we read this in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 to 10. Jesus commended qualities in people, the spiritual qualities, not their wealth, not their looks, not who they looked on the outside. The life of a person mattered to Jesus because he came to save, to, to seek and to save those who were lost, those who were lost. He was after the spiritual part of us. He looks to the inside of us. He is our savior. Amen. Uh, let's move on. Yes. On the third day, I want us to look at chapter 2. Let's move to chapter 2. Let's introduce chapter 2. John chapter 2. John chapter 2 and verse 1. John chapter 2 verse 1, the story we know. But let's read this first verse. It says, On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. A wedding took place in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus, the actually mother of Jesus, Mary, was there. And Jesus was invited to. Now, when you read about Cana of Galilee, what rings through your mind? Does it ring a bell? What thought comes? What does it bring to your mind? Uh -huh. About the followers of Jesus? Nathaniel. Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee. One who said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Here he is, because the Bible says that Jesus was invited together with his followers. His disciples were with him. So Nathaniel was there too. Here, right at his home state, his home area, where, according to him, nothing good would come from. Here we see how Jesus turned water into wine, the first miracle, the very first miracle that Jesus performed. The Bible says that they were invited, that is, Jesus was invited together with his disciples, and it happened, I'm summarizing, we have read it, I assume, and if not, please go read the whole of chapter 2. An instant occurred that they ran out of wine, and when they ran out of wine, Mary, the earthly mother of Jesus, through whom Jesus was invited, knew where to go. 
Jesus had nothing to do with the wine, the drinks, the reception, the food, the celebration, the feasting. But Mary knew where to go. And I want to say here that God led this Mary to invite Jesus for an opportunity for him, God, to be glorified through his son, God the Son, because he is the creator. He created things according to John chapter 1 verse 3. And so even in the absence of wine, Jesus would perform a miracle and we see how it happened. And this was his first miracle at the beginning of his ministry. And his disciples marveled too. So when Mary came to Jesus and said, we have no wine, she did not wait. She did not think of when and how it was going to work because she knew she had such faith, such great faith in Jesus that she has reported the matter and it's done. The conversation, the response of Jesus and so on, you read it, brother, sister, but we see Jesus speaking. Mary had gone and told the workers, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Mary did her part. She was a great organizer, organizing all that was happening at the feast. Maybe this was a very close family friend or a relative that was wedding, but here Mary stands out as the earthly mother of Jesus, inviting Jesus, and here she is so concerned that there is no wine. We read how she told the workers, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And so Jesus said, Fill water pots with water. Fill water pots with water. The water pots were to be empty and fill them with clean water, pure water. It was not water with anything in it, just water. Normally making wine, the process is long. And what they had had and finished was not done in one day. And here Jesus is telling them, fill water pots with water. And then after that, he says, now pour it out and serve it. And the chief guest testing, read the scriptures, said, you mean you keep the best wine for the last time? Because what they had had and enjoyed was not as nice as this one. That was the first miracle Jesus performed, turning water into wine instantly. And it was better tasting better, more appreciated than the first one, than the one that went through the processes of man. The first miracle that Jesus performed, the wedding of Cana. We will end there because of time, but please go read the whole of that chapter and read also the other chapters beforehand in time for our next study. May the Lord bless your reading. May the Lord bless you in your small groups as you study the Bible. And during this time of festives, during this time when people are off duty, the people who work, businesses are closed down. Please, brother, sister, there's no saying goodbye. There's no laying down our tools in the ministry. That's when we even work harder. So read more. Get more hungry and thirsty for the word of God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for giving us this opportunity to study your word. 
We pray, O oh God, that the Holy Spirit will help us, give us hunger and thirst for reading your word. Lord, that we shall read. As individuals, we shall read to live by it. As a group, we shall read to fellowship over it and around it. We shall read and ask the Holy Spirit to help us, give us the understanding. Oh Lord, we desire your word. We desire to live by your word. We desire the knowledge of your word. May your word dwell in us richly, oh God, that we shall be people of the word of God. We give you praise and we give you glory. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brethren. Go in peace. Keep reading the word. You will enjoy knowledge each time you read, new knowledge that you receive. Bless you. Amen. Stay blessed.